Okay, I'm going to start this right now. That's nice. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast where we talk about beer. We talk about the vinyls we've picked up this over this last week. We have new music. We have music news. We have we have a whole great show for you to listen to. Go to iTunes. Go rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. You can even leave us a voicemail. Our phone number is 503-893-5307. My name is Tyler. And way out there, way out there in the ether is Jeff. Now, Jeff, let's um, let's just get into our fearless beer review. What do you got? All righty. I got uh, something from Four Noses Brewing over okay. there in Colorado. It's called Rio Lento. It's a Mexican-style lager with lime juice and sea salt. Ugh. Go ahead, make your noises, say your thing. It'd be good if it didn't have the salt and lime. Come on, man. You got to ruin a good lager with that shit? Come on. Lagers are already ruined by just being lagers. Lagers are delicious. They're clean. They're refreshing. They're tasty. Um, They're delicious. They're refreshing. If I didn't say that already. You're just saying the same things over and over. (laughs) Just different orders. But this is 5.8%. You know, crushable little beer here. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Have you had something from this brewery before? I have not. I've never even heard of this brewery. Brewery? Brewery? Because I feel like this is your the second beer to come out of a Colorado brewery, like in the last two weeks. It's possible. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe, pra- what did I have last week? Like Prairie? I think was it was Prairie. Thing? Yeah, it was Prairie, because we were talking about how weird of a word that is. I guess Oklahoma. No, we were, no, Prairie was a, was the weird one. Yeah, but I think that's... Oh, it was from Oklahoma. They're from Oklahoma, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Prairie. All right, Prairie. Prairie. All right, so you got you got a Mexican lager from Colorado, because that makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> so then I got uh, I got this IPA, picked it up from a local liquor store, Mr. K's. So Mr. K's. Mr. K's, great, great liquor store, great selection. This one is called World of Wonders by Society Brewery in San Diego, California. Uh, it's 6.7 ABV. It says it's fruity, juicy, and snappy. It says World of Wonders IPA journeys into the juicy territory of Southern Hemisphere. Hops and sticks. Wait, this is all fucked up. I'm reading off a of beer advocate, and it's like really poorly written. So I'm not even going to read, read it read anymore. It. We'll read it. See what it is. World, okay, World of Wonders IPA journeys into the juicy territory of Southern Hemisphere. Hops and sticks the landing for a clean fish. <laughs> so, there you go. I don't <laughs> Demanding for a clean finish? I, I think it was for a clean finish, but they put fish. Sure. So, well. there you go. That's right. uh, that's mine. That's my IPA, my World of how, Wonders IPA. How gross would it be, though, when you when you drank it and it like literally tasted just like fish? Oh, dude, I would probably throw up. 
And I opened it and it sprayed all over my face just now. Yeah. That's what you get for being a fucking twerp. <laughs> oh, okay, here we go. I'm pouring it right now. You already got yours poured? Yes, sir. Okay. You ready for this? Yes, sir. Okay. Mm, okay. What do you think of yours? Your Mexican lager. Yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know. The lager part of it is kind of gross. It's like, it just tastes like a Tecate. Ugh, that's like and the worst. Tecates are nasty. It's that kind of skunky lager taste, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's, this is, eh, eh. Not good. You I got like, you... a, got like a three out of five on untapped, so. Ah, oh, that's, not, that's not very high. But like craft Mexican lagers never really do that well anyway. True. From what it's, I've seen. It's weird how like the big breweries, the big name breweries do better lagers than, than anywhere else. I think it's just because we've been conditioned for so long to expect a Mexican lager to taste like Corona or to taste like Dos Equis or something like that. So when it doesn't taste like that, we think it's gross. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Maybe. Or maybe just the the smaller breweries don't have access to like really clean, fresh water. Because that, that, I guess that has like a big thing to do with lagers too. And Pilsner. I would, I would definitely think it's like the opposite that because... Because everything's so fresh and clean in Colorado, you think there's no clean water in Colorado? Well, there is, but I feel like these big companies have better access to like cleaner water and wells and everything like that. Do you do you think the the Corona Corporation <laughs> spends money on clean water? Or do you think they just fucking pour the from the tap? You know what? I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna stick up for the big guys. I feel like they use clean water. Yeah, that's your silly, <laughs> your silly goose. Ah, uh, okay, mine. Uh, Mine, my IPA, it doesn't have a lot of taste. It's a little bit disappointing. It's very clear. You can see right through it. It's It almost looks like a like a, a kind of dirty lager. Uh, like I said, not much taste and not very hoppy. It's just kind of whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't. It's whatever. So okay. we have a, well, we have it's fun. <laughs> we have a three point rating system where three is a perfect beer. Two is a good beer. You're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but you should at least try it. And zero is a drain pour. So what would you rate your beer, Jeff? Mm, I'd probably do like a one point. Eh, we'll do 1.75. Like it's it's fun to try. And okay. there's a good amount of salt in there. So that's nice. I really like salt stuffs. Salt in your beers, though? Yeah, salt in my beers, bro. Don't uh. call me a salt beers. That's good. There's a good, there's a good amount of lime. And, you know, I, I'm glad I, I tried it. I will never buy this again. Mm-hmm. If I'm at a restaurant, I would not order this. But um, yeah, you should tr- you check it out. Anybody okay. that likes, you, know, you, you rated it less than a two, but mm-hmm. okay, okay, okay. Well, a two being like I know that you're gonna I'm go gonna, back to it. I'm gonna go back to it. I'm not. I'm only gonna go back to this because I poured it, and it's not like it's, it's not a drain pour. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. But you know, you know. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna have to give my IPA a 1.75 as well. I'll, I'll never go back to it. It was nice to try. Nice to check in on Untapped, but I will never have it again. It's not that enjoyable. So, kind of a disappointing yeah. week for uh, yeah for beer, huh? Yeah, we're starting off strong here. Starting off super strong. All right, let's uh, let's move on to some vinyl stuff. I'm sure this will be more exciting because we probably picked up some cool stuff. Because I know I did. So, oh, really? Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into what you got this week, and then that'll lead into our uh, picks of the week. So, go. Okay. So uh, a couple stuff. 
I got a couple stuffs. A couple stuffs. I got uh, this this group called the 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 Deutsch the Deutsch Meisters. They're Ooh. German polka. Yeah, but I don't know how you would say that. I just, I just kept calling them the Deutsch Meisters because you know I'm immature and silly. Wouldn't it be but, Deutsch? I think that's what it um, is. It could be. I don't know. I don't speak German. Baxter. <laughs> so well, you, you would say Deutschland. Never heard of that. So okay. Well. You're not you're not a true uh German man. I I am not cultured, I am not German, I am nothing. <laughs> but this was good polka, solid, solid stuff. I mean, you can't really go wrong. You know, whatever. Yeah. It's cool. But I then uh, I also fun. got another kind of polka, but I got some mariachi music finally. Oh, God. And the group uh, I actually have had this for for several weeks, but I forgot I even had it cuz buried in my backlog of fucking records. <laughs> but they're, they're called Mariachi Vargas Day, and then the Mexican city that they're from, and it's I don't know how to say. It, so Teca, Tecatlitlan, Tecatlitlan. Never heard of it. It's over in the Guadalajara area in the in the in the state of Jalisco. Okay. But so I guess like that area is is kind of like the birthplace of mariachi. But this mm-hmm. band's been around since like the late 1800s. Oh shit! So it's constantly how is that possible. Numbers? Constantly revolving. <laughs> So they're, yeah, they're one of the uh, I don't know one of the mainstays in the mariachi scene. And let me tell you, man, this is exactly what I was looking for. They had some <laughs> cover songs in there, some classic Lindo. They played La Bamba. They had a bunch of good ones, some originals, fantastic stuff. Okay. And uh, I wish I could find more mariachi, but it's hard to find. Is it though? I, it I, I don't feel like any. it would be. I bought one mariachi thing that I thought was mariachi, and it ended up being just like vocal pop and so i traded away oh, that's it's not right it's slow i fucking wanted and that's like the only time i've ever seen anything even remotely close to mariachi yeah besides this <laughs> so yeah whatever i don't know oh, that's it's, great it's cool shit love it like that style i dig it mm-hmm. okay. um i bought the surfaris uh, another surf rock band their album wipeout it's their biggest album it's got um you know, wipe out super iconic song. This is 1963. All covers except for Wipe Out and then Surfer Joe. You ever heard Surfer Joe? No, never heard of him. Well, it's 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 their song. If you heard the song, oh no, I never heard the song. It. Yeah, um, it's it's cool. Wipe Out was was written as a B side to Surfer Joe, and then it became way more popular. Um, but I don't know. It's it's fucking cool. Like I just I still I still love surf rock, and I just get my hands on like anything I possibly can, and it's all it's all good because it all sounds the same, and they cover the same fucking songs. <laughs> That's so. true. I've, what's that? What's that Japanese guy who does surf rock from like the sixties and seventies? Like ah, uh, what he's I can't remember his name, but apparently he's very popular, and he's known as being like one of the best surf rock guitar players. But he's from Japan. Do you okay. have any idea what I'm talking about? Uh, like, I don't. Like Tetris. Oh, fuck. What's his fucking name? I can't remember that. But it, it, is, it is some really good stuff. I heard him. I heard this this podcast I listened to. They're using his music as bumper music. And then the, the host was talking about it. And I had no idea. I'd never heard of him, but it sounded really good. Did it sound like surf popular. music? I mean, yeah. No, it did. And it, <laughs> now he is like considered one of the better surf guitar players as well. So can't remember his name though but i thought you might know the surfires are kind of cool their drummer is um also the singer it, when they do sing if if and when they sing mm-hmm. and that that iconic that laugh before wipeout you know it was like ah, 
Wipeout. Yeah. That was uh, that was from their manager at the time. He was the one that, that recorded that. Damn, that's iconic. So, it's fucking good. It's a banger <laughs> of a song. It's that drum solo is just like he's just going off on it and it's just it's it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But then they cover like tequila and they cover everything else. What the That's boring. Yeah, that's that's all right. Uh, I mean, tequila is only fun like once a year to listen to. Tequila, uh Green onions. What? Green onions. Remember the ding, 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 ding. That song? No, I don't. Maybe if I heard you it. You fucking know green onions. Eh, I don't think I do. I yes, really I don't think I do. I guarantee you do. No. Oh, Just so. Just say yes. Okay, yes. Yes, then okay, I, I so remember. I knew, you, I knew you knew it. Takeshi Tarachi. That's the guitar player. Sorry. Oh, the Japanese guitar player? Japanese guitar player. Takeshi Tarachi. Okay, I've not heard of him, but um, I'll keep an eye out. Surf Rock's another thing too that's hard to find outside of the Ventures and like Jan and Dean, and then Beach Boys. Yeah, well, yeah, most places don't have a Surf Rock section. It's I don't even know where they would put it most of the time. Maybe like World. I I put mine in Soft Rock until I get enough Surf Rock, and then I'm gonna make its own Surf Rock tab. I would think at this point you have enough. I got quite a bit. I probably got like almost 20 now. <laughs> They're so short though. I can like throw them all on. They're like 25 minutes each. It's just simple listening. But then I get tired of listening to tequila fucking 45 times. <laughs> I don't know why people <laughs> always cover that. It makes no sense. It's all the time. It's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> really is. That's a good song though. But like once a year, it's good. Yeah, I agree. Um... <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, Grateful Dead. This is the one I traded for that uh, that one I thought was mariachi, but ended up being pop vocal mm-hmm. stuff. Lame. But uh, Grateful Dead in the Dark. This is their twelfth album from nineteen eighty seven, and the first half of this was was super solid, and I loved it. And it was just good Grateful Dead that I liked. And the second half was just kind of lame. It was more. It seemed like they were writing songs to be more to be played like on the radio, more more oh. structurally sound songs and. Just not not the kind of like folky psychedelic Grateful Dead that I like, and I was I was a little disappointed. Where does this sit in their discography? Like, is it their eighth album, or what? Um, I I said it already, but it's their twelfth. Oh, I didn't. Hear, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you say the twelfth album. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. This is the twelfth album. They only have thirteen albums. They just have it's a only. fuck ton of like live albums. Only have thirteen albums. When was the well, considering how long they've been around? Yeah, I guess so. What that's since like sixty two, sixty three to whenever Jerry Garcia died. Yeah, the first album came out sixty seven. That was their self titled Grateful Dead, and then he died in ninety two to ninety four ish, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. But in the dark, and then their last one was like five years before he died. But they've released probably like twenty albums, most of which are like live stuffs, and then comps. But some of the comps always have like unreleased B sides or unreleased live stuff, so they're good. It's so good they they release so many live albums because they jam so much, right? Outside yeah. of the normal songs, yeah. So see, uh, like that's kind of what go, Mars Volta go, need to do. But going in line with that like concept, this album is kind of cool because the way they recorded it was they recorded it on a stage with like like in a in a theater. With everything turned off, all the lights off, nobody in the in this in the audience, and they put like lights on, like right in their faces as they're just jamming on stage. That's how they recorded most of the drum and the bass tracks, 
to kind of get the feel, to get the vibe of playing in front of a live audience. Hmm. So the first half is, is, is like very jammy and it's very cool and you can tell they're just vibing off each other. But the second half, I don't know. It just seemed like it was just more, it was more structured. It was more predictable where they were going with them. And I just, I was okay. That's overall the album's good though. I mean, at least you like most of their stuff. So it's not like a big hit when you don't like it. You know what I mean? It it does suck for for the Grateful Dead because I'm always hesitant to buy. Not really anymore because I really like them. But when when we first started collecting, I was hesitant to buy like their their first album because it's I always see it for like fifteen, twenty, thirty bucks, and just like, dude, I'm not gonna drop like thirty bucks on an album that I may not even like because mm-hmm. that would suck. Yeah. So, but now that I'm I'm more familiar with them and I like pretty much everything that I've heard, I'm I'm more willing to spend more money on something that I don't have. <laughs> Uh, let's see here. I listened to Three Dog Night. I have three albums by Three Dog Night. Where did you get those from? I don't know. In one of the piles. They were free. I just, in one of the piles that we got at some <laughs> point. I was trying to get through a bunch of backlog in one day, and then uh, it was it was, it was was a ride. So yeah, Three Dog Night, I had their first album, their second album, and then a live album that was in between the first and the second. And one mm-hmm. thing I've never known about Three Dog Night is they were formed by three vocalists and then hired a band to play with them. That's so lame. How, dude, I never knew that. I never knew that either. Right? I never knew that, but I think that's really lame. So like the first album is just like they're self-titled or it's called one in some, in some instances and represses Mm -hmm. because the first track is that song one, like one is the loneliest number. Oh, that's them? That's not their song, but that, that version that everybody knows is their version. It's a Harry Nielsen song. But that's their like their version is the one that everybody knows. Yeah, that's and I was like, "Oh, stupid. this is cool, dude! Like, I'm down with this. This is pretty. This is pretty tight." <laughs> and the rest of the album was just kind of fucking lame. And so I was, I was very, I was very discouraged. And I said, "Okay, here's another live album." I said, I "Put the live album on after it." And I thought, "Dude, they got to do something cool with a live album." And it was boring. And so halfway through the live album is when I was like, "Why is this band so fucking boring?" And that's when I looked it up and realized this because they're vocalists and they hired a fucking band to play with them. And that was lame. Yeah, that's very, I don't like that. It's very like record label kind of, a very record label thing to do. But their third album, Tyler. Their third album. Their third album was good. I, I, I dig it. Like I would, I would go back to it. It's good. It's just good like blues rock. It's solid. Hmm, okay, I wouldn't have expected that, but. I after the first two I didn't expect it either. But, but like my biggest problem with the with the live it, it was it was recorded recorded at the old forum. My biggest problem with the live one was it wasn't fun. Like I didn't I didn't feel like I was having fun. It was just it was it was <laughs> it was boring. They just played boring songs. There was no jamming. There was no banter. There was no crowd interaction. It was just I don't know. Boring music boring. for boring people. Yeah. Three yeah. dog night, man. Yeah, I, I, I have no interest to ever listen to them. I really <laughs> don't. You should just get would, rid of them. Get rid of those records. What am I going to do with them? Nobody wants to buy them. Just They're not worth give, put them in a bin. Like go for like a dollar on Discogs. Yeah, put, we'll just put them in a bin like, and then give it to, uh, you know, trade it in. But then he'll give me like a dollar for them. So it's better than zero dollars, isn't that? No, is better zero dollars is actually better. <sighs> There's no winning with you. No winning there with you. There is not. Um, I listened to another Rolling Stones album. Okay. You're Aftermath. Stonesman. 
Yeah, this is uh, this is like their fourth or sixth album, depending on the continent of release. Mm-hmm. From uh, 1966, the American version has has painted black on it, so this is this is that album. Ooh. But it's weird because the the English version doesn't have painted black on it. Was it so only? Do you know the reason for that? No, I couldn't find why. I just it just I guess it was released as a single at some point, and the American version picked it up and put it on the album. Because hmm. this is their fourth American, but sixth uh, UK release. Maybe I mean they had to have just the US version had to just put it on there just to sell more full length records. Right. As on top of the single, that's the only explanation. But then, had it not been for the US release, and that song would have never made it onto an album. Probably except not. Like comps and stuff. Probably yeah, more than likely. That's kind of cool too, though. Makes no, see, that's what I don't like because that should happen with the Beatles a lot. It happened with Sabbath, and it's so dumb. These separate releases for the countries are stupid. Well, I, I mean, it. you know, it's just I don't, I don't, I don't. It's just unnecessary because then you're buying two of the same album, and half of the album is the same thing. It's silly. It's so silly. But if the one song you don't have is painted black, then that's a treat. True. That's that a treat. Dude, this band's good. I'm, dude. They're they're fantastic. This is their first album where it's pretty much, not pretty much. It was entirely original songs. There were no covers. It was all all of them, mm-hmm. all and nothing but them. And it took Brian Jones six albums, <laughs> or four American, four. Yeah, um, Brian Jones kills it, dude. He's he's fantastic. He is like he's like his instrumentation is just unbelievable. Like the sitar and paint in black, him. He plays his dulcimer fucking thing on lady jane and there's 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 some really good harms from all over the band and this like stylistically this album is just all over the place it all it all it all comes back to kind of that pop blues rock mm-hmm. but they venture off in so many different places and you can hear it in like paint and black like paint and black starts off with that iconic sitar but then it kind of finds itself back into like the rock realm and the whole album is like that so doesn't it annoy you that keith richards is is like arguably the most famous member of the band and and he seems to be like not the most talented or am i crazy i I don't know i mean i don't i haven't looked too much into the more iconic riffs and things that i would think that uh or like who wrote what part or anything like that so depending on what keith richard's contributions were then i could i could say something but for sure it's annoying that Jagger and Richards are the Rolling Stones where everything that I've heard that I like about the Rolling Stones is first of all when Jagger shuts his fucking mouth and <laughs> a lot of the stuff is just like rhythm stuff is when yeah. they're grooving I think it's like the best part huh okay maybe he's been his killer I've, I've, I've never so liked good I've never liked Mick Jagger and that's like the thing that has turned me away same with like Aerosmith I don't like Steven Tyler's voice so that's always turned me away that band's boring I still, I'm still, I still need to listen to more to make a final judgment on that. I think the UK release has under my thumb, or as as he says it, under my thumb. <laughs> that's how I just kept saying it under my thumb. Oh my god, that's Fun so stuff. stupid. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I also I also finally put on at the drive-in in Toralia. Fucking finally, dude. Yeah, um, dude, I got like records everywhere now. They're just like, 
I'm, I'm putting one record away and I'm like, oh shit, why, why did I put this here? Oh, because I was going to listen to it next when I was sitting over there and then fucking forgot about it. <laughs> fucking month so later. I, I, I need to get like organized. I need to put everything where they're supposed to be. You need to take yeah, so inventory again. That's what you need to do. I, I only, yeah, I, I only take inventory of things that I listen to. So when I, when they touch the stylus, when they, when I drop the needle, that's when I, that's when I take inventory. And then, <laughs> so it's, I don't know, it's hard. I have so much backlog. It's ridiculous. Yeah, same here. Ridiculous. But it's a good record. It's solid. I mean, yeah, I know. Sounds great. <laughs> we, uh, we, we did it on the pod. It's their worst, but no, it's dude, still shut good. up. You know, it's not. It is. It is oh their worst God. record for it sure. Is not. But it doesn't mean it's bad. You're so dumb. Not their well, worst. It's it's definitely their worst. It is not. Get out. Do you have? Is it colored? I don't remember if you got. Yeah, it's Oxblood. Okay. Oh, you got that one. You got that variant. Okay. Okay. Is that the same one you got? No, mine's mine's uh like bone white and black. So half of it's black, and the other half is is white. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you got the blood blood splatter right or blood red it's just it says ox blood and i figured it would be like this really crimson looking thing but it's basically just like like maroon mm, okay that's still so cool not, better than black yeah it's it's cool but i would have rather had some really dark crimson blood looking thing i need to go back to Inneralia. i need to spin that one again it's been a while you should it's their uh, fourth best so uh it's actually their second best but that's okay that is that's just that's that's crazy. Right. The way she goes, boys. Listen to four, count them four, Edie Gourmet albums. Fuck. Just boom, 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 back to back to back to back. <laughs> They're only like 20, 20 minutes, so they weren't very long. It's a lot. It was good, dude. I didn't. I had really no problems. It seems like the later on, either like her really really early stuff, like the first couple, you know, years that she was singing, mm-hmm. are really good, and then later on stuff. Like in the seventies, were were were, were really good. Everything in the middle just kind of it kind of muddles together. So what is is it more like big band or is it? So like fifties Edie Gourmet is just like her belting him out, singing with very little band backing her up. Mm-hmm. And then when she when she married Steve Lawrence early in the fifties, and they started doing their own thing, that stuff is pretty good. But what really, when she really got it was like the mid '60s when she hooked up with the trio Los Ponchos and they did like a lot of Spanish styled stuff. That's good, but I don't. know. Otherwise, it's just like it's like it's like tequila, right? That's the song. You oh, like, okay. hear the same song over and over and over and over and <laughs> over. All right. I don't know. That's all right. How many do you have records of hers? Do you have now? Like twelve? Like no, like nine, ten. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. A lot. I got rid. I got rid of one because it was a Christmas album. You're just, so I dumb. Do it. Why? Do it because I just, I only I only I'm only gonna keep one Christmas album. That's oh it. Oh my god, you're so stupid. The only one worth keeping. I mean, that's no, duh. no. Duh. All Christmas albums are worth keeping. That I would even get an Elvis. Not true. I would even get an Elvis Christmas album. You see, now you're just being you're being hurtful. You're being crazy. <laughs> you're not even making any sense. Well, that may be true. That may be true. All right, what else you got? So I I have this I had this Isaac Hayes record, Black Moses. Okay. And like two songs in, I was like, okay, this is really cool. It's a double LP. And I was I was really excited for it because I got this one for free too. And like it skipped. And I was like, God damn it. So I cleaned it and it skipped again. So I put it to the second side. Second side skipped. And then I noticed 
like, damn, this is really thin. Like somebody must have wore this down or listened to it a lot for mm-hmm. it to be so thin. And that's probably why it was all scratched up. And so then I also noticed on the back, it's, it said that the record was this, this Dynaflex stuff. You ever heard of this? No. So like imagine like three of these Dynaflex records stacked on top of each other would equal like one 180 gram record. Like they're so fucking thin. I, I have a few records that are unusually thin and very light and I thought it was very weird, but I never had any issues playing them. I think, okay, okay, so like this Dynaflex stuff, like apparently in 1969, RCA started repurposing old, unsold, and unused records and then remelting them down and then reusing the old wax. And they claimed oh. that because the records were so thin, they wouldn't warp and they would last a long time and they would sound better. But, I mean, that doesn't make any fucking sense. That doesn't make sense, just, yeah. Right? That makes It'd no be the sense. Opposite. It sounds like you're being cheap. <laughs> And so, so I, I get you're like, cutting yeah, I, corners because you 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 fucked up and didn't sell the records. <laughs> exactly. Like, I don't. It doesn't make any sense. But I, I don't. And then like I was reading st- articles and stories about people who would have their Dynaflex records and they would notice like in the outer rings they would notice like old labels because what they would try to do is they would try to like stamp out the circle the the label in the middle and then yeah. reuse the outer side. But then pieces of paper would get caught in like the pressing process. So people were saying like, Oh, I look, there's a, here's a picture of a piece of a little shred of paper melted into my wax. That's like, so weird. dude. It's trash. That's fucking trash. It's <laughs> so weird. But I've they, never heard of that. But then people were also claiming that they would warp from just the pressure of being in the shrink wrap and then sitting on the shelf at record stores. That's how thin they are. And then you can see like videos and pictures of people like literally folding them in half, like tacos and creasing them. What the fuck? That's so weird. But they, I mean, RCA discontinued in the late 70s. And I, I can't believe it took them 10 years to do it. Cheap bastards. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. They probably, they probably spent so much on marketing like these new Dynaflex things. And <laughs> it was just a disaster. Well, I mean, clearly it worked for 10 years and they probably made a lot of money or they probably saved a lot of money doing it. They probably thought they made a lot of money because they're just repurposing old records. So I think that's probably why it lasted as long as it did. Because it's not costing them any more money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know. That's but yeah, I, I didn't get to listen to Black Moses, um, but I didn't learn about this Dynaflex shit, so <laughs> I will be more well, weary if I ever see that shit again, because that was whack. Does it say on the record that it's Dynaflex? It's, well, it says on the back of the sleeve, and then it says on the inner sleeves, Dynaflex, and then I think it does say on the record itself, Dynaflex. Damn. <laughs> they really want you so to it's everywhere. Yeah. Well, it's good for us now because we know to look out for that, and it's right there in the open. Yeah. So. Okay. That yeah. sucks. You can listen to it though. Did you le- at least yeah. throw it on Spotify? No. Oh, I see it all the good. time out in the wild, and it's like you know, like nine, ten bucks. And the first two songs that I heard were really good. <laughs> it's supposed to be one of his best. One of his uh, one of the one of the records that meant like the most to him. Hmm. And I had the Shaft soundtrack, and that's a Ooh, banger of a soundtrack. That is so a good soundtrack. I, I'm i not worried about it. I'll pick it up if I see it. Okay. I'm sure you'll get well, it. Well, it's not Dynaflex. I'm sure you'll get it in like a a, bo- a bin or something off of OfferUp. Who knows? That's where I got it. I, just, I was like, what the hell? This is like the first time I've ever got any kind of like real soul or R&B stuff out here. Usually it's just like fuck ton of like Lawrence Welk, old country, and then big band stuff. Hmm. Rarely ever do we get any kind of R&B or soul. I mean, that makes sense if you look at like the demographics of yeah. Arizona, you know, 
30, That's 40 why I was years so ago. I'm so stoked about it. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. But Isaac Hayes, too, was like one of the biggest of that era in soul and R&B. So makes sense. <clears throat> uh, let's see here. I got two more Sly and the Family Stone albums. Their mm-hmm. first album, A Whole New Thing, uh, 1967. And then their third album life 1968 okay and um the first album was okay it, it, it's it's good and you can kind of tell it has like the beginnings of what makes sly so good and so fun like they had the formula but they just hadn't quite perfected it yet because mm-hmm. their second third and fourth album are they're all bangers and what I makes them so good is like it's like you can tell they have this really great camaraderie and they're all very playful with each other. And it's just, it's, it's fun. It's just fun music and there's always dancing and they got a killer rhythm section and it's good stuff. Yeah. I mean, most of the rhythm sections of that era were top notch. Really they, they reuse kind of the same type of walking bass line that. So good. Like, there's a lot of songs, like two or three <laughs> songs per record that do like the same thing. And then I listened to it and I heard, uh, you know, uh, Weapon of Choice, Fat Boy Slim, that oh, yeah. that's a Sly and the Family Stone song. So that was, Is it? That was fun. Yeah. Oh, shit. I he didn't know that. that. So okay. that was cool. I was excited. <laughs> I halfway expected like it to go into this Fat Boy Slim thing, but no. Damn, that's a good song, Weapon of Choice. <laughs> that's a, a good song. song great video <laughs> <laughs> one of the best videos out there uh it's so funny every time i just it's so good it's so funny you can deal with this yeah so uh this other <laughs> this other one i got it's called the nitty gritty dirt band mm-hmm. and this is uh this album's called will the circle be unbroken this is a band that also has kind of rotating personnel since they started in 66 this is like their seventh album and this is kind of just like a jam sesh of old country western folk and the long-haired West Coast hippies, as Roy Cuff called them. Okay. And this was, uh, this was 1972, but they got Roy Cuff to come on and sing, Merle Travis. A lot of these old guys that were doing country music, like in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, mm-hmm. Earl Scruggs was on it. And they all just kind of like hang out and jam together. And this album is so cool because most of the tracks were done in one, maybe two takes. And recorded straight to tape. Oh, and so, so in the cool. beginning, you can hear the musicians kind of discussing what they're going to do, where they're going to go, where they want each person to jump in. That's and so they're usually, cool. And they're kind of just like, all right, let's go. And then they fucking just go and they play. How did you find this? This was in one of those boxes, too. It's three LPs <laughs> over 100 fuck? minutes. <laughs> that sounds talk about so like, cool. It's just like jamming, but country style. And Damn. half of the songs, there's no vocals. It's just everybody's just jamming and then you can tell like when they're they're trying to like motion to each other because because like it's so apparent that like the banjo player will come in super hard then you you know like okay they probably all looked at him like hey you should come in right now (laughs) fantastic i know you already said it but what year was it again 72 72 and this is their seventh album you said yeah the band itself is called the nitty-gritty dirt band that's a cool band name too it is it is but this is cool like it's called will the circle be unbroken and it's kind of like a like a passing the torch soda sort of for soda. like old soda soda <laughs> from old country guys to like the new country guys so it's i don't know it was really cool i i had a, I had a blast with it and a lot of old country hits and a lot of covers 
lot okay. of instrumentals. Yeah, I'm, I just I looked them up right now. Yeah, they've been around '66. Yeah, fuck. But yeah, this was a triple LP. It was over a hundred <laughs> minutes. I so swear, cool. dude, it didn't even feel like it. Ah, uh, that's right. And you know how, like, normally on Wikipedia, it'll if, on like on their main page, it'll show their discography. They don't even have that. It says main article, nitty gritty dirt band discography. Like, you have to go to a different page to even see their albums. There's <laughs> twenty five. That's cool. I'm I'm gonna check them out. It's good. It's good stuff. It's good stuffs. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. What else you got? Cool. My last two. My songs of the week. Um, which one? Which one you hear first? Whatever you. This is, this is your your day. This is your pod. All right. I'll do the I'll do the shorter one first. Then. So I picked up this split from from Nichols. It was Kitty Little and and the Kiss Ups. Two mm-hmm. bands did a split together. I just caught my eye because it was a dollar. And it was in like the punk section, but kind of where he puts like the pop punk. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, I'll bite for a dollar and a bright pink cover. So it's it was fun. And uh, I listened to it, obviously, and I dug it, dude. I thought it was really cool. And it's just kind of, it's it's just what I was looking for in the pop punk realm, but it was still very different sounding to where I wasn't. I wasn't going to just shelve it and get bored with it. Like I will come back to it because it is a little bit different than normal pop punk. It's a little mm-hmm. power pop punk and, and kind of drum and bass stuff and even like punk at times. So it's, it's, it's good. But I found like virtually no information online about these two bands. Yeah. That I've never heard of them either. And I, you man, you got lucky for a dollar for this. I thought yeah. this was pretty good. I mean, I only listened to the one song, but the one song, you know, that I thought that was, it was pretty good. That's the, uh, that's the kiss ups. The kiss ups are more like, drum and bass driven power pop punk stuff mm-hmm. and uh, i like yeah. that the stripped down like feel of it was really good it, I, dude, I like I, I like it a lot and i'm super super glad i got it for a dollar <laughs> all right well here's the here's the song wings from the kiss-ups There's wings from 
the kiss ups now his vocals remind me a lot of dexter holland if he were to sing in a lower register sounds so much like him and it's almost like that mixed with a lot of 90s weezer that's what the song is it's really good yeah no that i totally yeah i agree yeah that dexter holland thing for sure like if dexter holland sang in a not and lower register, not so nasally. Yeah, <laughs> not the, that Dexter Holland voice. There's another. It. There's an. There's a band, and I cannot think of who it is, but they sound a lot like this too, like a popular band from like the late '90s. I think that sounds a lot like this too, but I can't figure out who it is. I've been. It's been bugging me for like two days, and I cannot figure out who it is. But I, I, I playlisted this song too. So, this oh is a, yeah, it was, it's a good one. It's a really good one. I I need to go back and listen to the entire thing, but I just haven't got around to it yet. It's not very long, so yeah. If you ever get a chance, it's good. Um, yeah, no, it's fun. I will. Worth a dollar. Yeah. Oh, I would have picked it up. Like I said, I would have picked it up just because that single, or just because that song. That was good. That was great. Yeah. So yeah. Good job on that one. Happy for you. I'll buy it off you for a dollar. Um. Well, I mean, you know, it's inflation and stuff. Probably uh, okay. How about 50. how about let's let's double. It. I'll give you two bucks for it. Mm. <laughs> if you come right now, you can have it. Okay, I'll be out there in like six hours, six and a half hours. Uh, um, how much does it go for on Discogs? It's like three dollars. Oh, okay. I don't, actually, good. like the, the it was worth like three dollars. I don't know if anybody's even selling it though, because it was in like the section of of stuff that I know he put stuff in in that area that is just like he just unsellable. He hopes somebody's gonna buy it. <laughs> so it's like a pity buy for you. Yeah, I mean, every time I go there, I like to buy at least one reggae record mm-hmm. and then one just random punk or pop punk thing. Just, I don't know, just to see if anything's good. Just put the feelers out there, you know? I get it. I totally get it. Just to get cray-cray. That's that's like the fun part of collecting. You kind of buy stuff buy stuff based off of the album art. Yeah. It's really, I mean, that's, that's what that's I do. That's exactly <laughs> why I bought this was because of what it looked like. So, I do it all the time. Look. So. Yeah, there's somebody selling on Discogs right now for a dollar with five dollars shipping. Ah, six bucks, man, that's steep. <laughs> that's <laughs> in like mint condition, it says. It's <laughs> <laughs> sad. Oh, it's it's a cool, it's a cool. I forgot to tell you too. It's a cool, uh, it's a cool color. It's like this translucent blue, like this. Oh, okay. This bright blue. It looks really cool. Man, that sucks for the band. You know, they they put all this time and energy into this, into this pressing, and then it just sells for nothing, or it's unsellable almost. That sucks. I mean, that just goes to show you the the power of the label that you're on and the power of the amount of money that you pay marketing. Yeah. Which we'll get into later with Against Me or Album of the Week. But if you want to just play music to virtually nobody but not be considered a sellout, then, I mean, your stuff is going to be worth a dollar on Discogs. Yeah, that's true. It's a very it's a very finicky world of, mm-hmm. of the music industry and... Sometimes it's very, very shitty the way fans treat uh, treat their bands. Yeah, but, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, we'll get more, like you said. We'll get into that more with uh, our album of the week. Uh, my other pick came from Herbie Hancock mm-hmm. and the song Watermelon Man. This is uh, from his twelfth album, but Jesus. it's also his first album with his new band called the Headhunters, and the album's called Headhunters from mm-hmm. nineteen seventy three. This is a reworking of the same song that he debuted in 62 on his first album, and they just redid it in that style that you just heard. Yeah. I mean, that, that jazz we're gonna funk hear. fusion. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, here's a uh, here's Watermelon Man from Herbie Hancock. It's so good. It's yeah. it's everything I like in this this style and this genre. I I mean I will hundred percent pick this up if I come across it in the wild, for sure. This is one that I just picked up the other day from just some random person selling a bunch of jazz records. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen this guy Herbie Hancock in the wild like tons of times. It just I, I mean I can't do research on everybody, you know. So yeah, when I was there picking through stuff and I got a bunch of stuff that I liked and I wanted. I asked him, I was like, hey, what, what else should I pick up? What else is kind of cool? Like, what do you like? And he's like, well, we started talking about kind of the stuff that I like. He said, well, then you should check this one out, Headhunters. And I said, okay, the cover looks pretty cool. And he gave it to me. He said, I, he said I'm pretty, I guarantee you're going to like this. So he gave it to me, and I was fucking blown away, dude. It's only four songs, two each side. First yeah. track's like 15 and a half minutes. This one, Head or Watermelon Man's like six and a half minutes. I love it. It's fucking good. It is really good. The real dude, the real like like star here is this guy named Bill Summers. Mm-hmm. Never heard of him, but I guess he's a percussionist and he plays so many different instruments and appears on so many albums over the course of his career. It's just it's crazy insane. <laughs> Man, I'm becoming like a percussion man. I, I like I told you, I'm getting more and more into that that stuff, and I don't know why, especially with the xylophone and the vibraphone. Man, those instruments are fantastic here's here's some of the here's some of the instruments that he plays on this on this record the mm-hmm. uh the balafon the balafon no idea the balafon balafon it is a gourd resonated xylophone okay like the fruit vegetable gourd like if yeah. you look at pictures of this thing there's fucking gourds how, hanging under the xylophone how do you uh spell it b o b a l a f o n f o n bellophone Oh, okay. Uh, that is weird looking, huh? 
That's <laughs> oh, so cool, though. That is so he, cool. He plays the the surdo or the surdo s u r d o. Just a large bass drum used a lot in Brazilian music. Okay, yeah, I've seen those he plays, before. He plays log drums, which is just what they sound like, slits carved into logs to make different notes and different music. <laughs> yeah, I just looked that up, too. There's like a Fucking bunch of like cool. YouTube videos of it. What is a log drum? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, a kabasa, which which we know what this is, but I never knew what the name was. C-A-B-A-S-A. It's a handheld percussion instrument oh, that has like yeah. the steel balls wrapped around it, right? Yeah. Mars Volta used to use these all the time. Or Cedric used those to. Are, those are so fucking cool, yeah. but I never knew what they were called. Yeah, n- neither, did, neither, ah, neither did I. But this is cool, too, because there's no, there's no guitar in this entire album. And in, in its place, he plays the clavinet, like that, that electronic piano. Yeah. And uh, he plays where a guitar would normally go, like different you know, like rhythm stuffs and chordal changes. He uses the clavinet. So there's no guitars because you want to get away from that and get really into like the, the funk style and really heavy-driven bass lines and things like that. Almost a little bit like how de facto was, you know? Yeah. You know, they refused to use guitar on the records at least and the crutch. Yeah. That's great. That's so cool, man. I'm I'm curious like is is Herbie Hancock is uh, is his other music similar to this? Or was this kind of like a very specific era of his career? This so this this starts this style for him. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to a lot of it. This is the only one I've heard, but this starts this new style. Before this, I know he did a lot of things in the same vein as like Bitches Brew. Okay. That was an inspiration for him for some other earlier albums. And a lot of the artwork kind of is is either done by the same person that did the Bitches Brew artwork or it's in that style. Okay. But this was the first time when he really wanted to dive into into the funk and then use a lot of different instruments in place of a guitar and just very unconventional stuff. That sounds guess, so good so. though. That was so cool. Yeah, it's, it was. It, it was good. It Damn, was good. coming in with the bangers, man. It's mm. great. Ah, oh, shit. Okay, you got anything else? Anything else on this one or on your picks at all? Um, no, I don't. That's 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 it. Okay. All right. All right. That's, it, that's all. Let's uh, let's get into mine real quick. Uh, shouldn't take too long. I don't have that many. Uh, the first one here, we talked about this extensively. This record extensively, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. Uh, and that's Weezer and their album, Everything Will Be All Right in the End. I finally got this in the mail. Took fucking forever because the U.S. Postal Service sucks. Um, finally got it. It's It sounds surprisingly better than I thought. It sounds better than my Blue album, like just dynamic-wise. Not just the songs, but dynamic-wise. It sounds better than my, my Blue vinyl. Um, that's good. That one sounds like shit. Yeah, it does. It's super flat and just kind of bleh. But no, th- this one is great, and you know the songs are great. Obviously, Cleopatra, that's your favorite one, as well as my favorite. It's the worst one. <laughs> You're such an idiot. It's not. Patra. That's so good. So yeah, I got that one. My second favorite. That's my fa- second favorite Weezer record. Their second best. Yeah. And uh, a couple other ones I got, I I had to pick up because I love this band a lot, and <laughs> these records I've been wanting for a long time, but they're so expensive, and they just repressed them last repressed them last month. And that's Deftones. I got their White Pony record from 2000, and I got their Diamond Eyes record, which we did on the pod like a year ago, maybe. Uh, I got the Diamond Eyes record that came out in 2010. Uh, the White Pony one, unfortunately, is only a black record. It's just it's a black LP, 
and uh, but my diamond eyes, that's the white one, and it looks so nice, so slick. Why the hell would white pony not be white? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense. Idiots. And it's it's crazy because like my because my white pony is a double LP, hundred eighty gram double LP, and honestly, and then my my diamond eyes is just a single hundred eighty gram LP, and there's no difference in the the sound, you know. Like normally, some sometimes you can hear the difference in the double LPs, because I guess I don't know they're supposed to be better. They spo- they're supposed to sound better, but in this instance, like I couldn't really tell a difference. So I don't that's know. Good. I think that's kind of right. like I'm kind of coming to the idea that that's kind of a myth. Like the the whole double LP idea, it has to be right. Like there's no way it can sound that much better if it's spread across so many. Well, now, I mean, now that we're getting deeper into this thing, you also see people getting excited about who presses the album. If like a person, mm-hmm. specifically a person or like a, a certain company is the one pressing and they're like, oh, who's pressing it? And they'll say, oh, it's fucking Jeremiah. Like, oh, damn, Jeremiah. Oh, fuck you, I'm going to buy it. You know, like, mm-hmm. how does that make any sense? How can one person be better at pressing a fucking album than another person? The only thing I can think of is because one takes it from like the digital source and the other one takes it from the tapes. I don't know. Maybe that that's what it is. Because I mean, I I think they would use the same material to actually press it. And the pressing plates themselves, I don't imagine them being any different from each other, right? Then you think like why... Why not just do the best you could possibly do? But then, like, our Weezer Blue album sounds like shit, but it was only 12 bucks. Yeah. So you kind of get what so you I wonder paid what, for. Yeah. You know, so, like, I, I wonder what the mar- like, like the profit margin is on putting out something that's $12 but sounds like shit and probably costs them nothing to produce or selling it for $25 and it sounds fantastic. I don't know. So maybe that's why. I don't know. It's weird. It's just, super just make weird. them all sound good. Why is that fucking hard? It, I don't understand. It's not. It's really not that hard. It shouldn't be that hard. Especially considering, like, there's, it's not like there's a huge demand for records or for, for vinyl, you know? So it's like, just make it all good. Like, you're not and having like to in, do a lot. And they know we'll pay premiums for stupid shit like colored vinyl, for, like, doubles, <laughs> for gatefolds, for jackets, for, like, we will pay it. Just make it sound good. It, exactly, yeah. You're totally right. <laughs> uh, it's so dumb. Okay, so the next one I got here... Uh, I finally picked this one up, or I finally listened to it. I should say I picked, I got it a long time ago from you. You you had found it out in Arizona, and uh, it's Focus. It's their second album, Moving Waves, which is also known as Focus Two, depending on where you're at in the world. Uh, this one came out in 1971, and Focus. If you don't know, they they did that very kind of popular prog rock song, Hocus Pocus, where he yodels in it. He plays the flute. He whistles. It's a wild song. It's probably one of the most unique and weirdest wild prog pop songs I've ever heard. It's bizarre, but I picked up that record or I got it from you and uh it's it's great, man. There's no no issues with skipping, a little bit of surface noise, but it's nothing crazy. But I mean, it's a solid prog record. Solid solid stuff. And Yeah, uh, I like it too. I I don't think I mean it tapers off Toward a the lot, end. yeah. After Hocus Pocus, but like you can't. It's hard to top that song. Yeah, I mean, it starts off so strong yeah. with that song. It's it's un, it's an unbelievable song. So yeah, I got that one. Listen to that. Obviously, fantastic record. Um, let's see here. The next one I got was 
Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. I finally got around to listening to this. I think I have one more EL. No, I have, you, know, you have one more ELP record to listen to before I've listened to all of mine already. But this one I listened to was Trilogy. Finally got around to this one. It's their third record. Uh, came out in 72. And uh, it's it's just like a good extension of the first two records. It's not as good as Tarkus or what is the first? Is the first record just their self-titled, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So it's it's not as good, but I mean it, it's an extension of that. But it it's just really good. It is. They really have done nothing wrong except for that one weird record they recorded like in the Caribbean, which is called what? What's it called again? Beach or like beach or at the beach or right yeah. near the Beach Boy or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have uh, pictures at an ex- exhibition? They're they're like live one in between trilogy uh, and Tarkus. Pictures of it. Let me see. Oh yeah, I have that one. That one's a good one too. This one. Yeah. Pictures at an exhibition is better than than trilogy. Wait, why does it say trilogy is the third record? That's weird. Trilo- trilogy is the third record. But it says on uh, on like if you go to the ELP's main Wikipedia page, it yeah. says pictures is their third and trilogy is their fourth. But then when you click on trilogy, it says it's their third. So I don't know. Hmm. But oh yeah, Love Beach is the bad one. Love Beach is the mm. bad one. So the only ones I haven't listened to yet is Works Volume 2, which I have. And then I don't have Black Moon or In the Hot Seat. So I haven't listened to those yet. But those are the ones that were in the 90s. So I don't, I can't imagine they're very great. Are you going to do like the whole Emerson, Lake, and Powell thing too? I don't know. Probably <laughs> not. Probably not. Okay. If I, I've, I've never seen it, but if I ever see the Emerson, Lake, and Powell, I'll pick it up. I've never seen it either, so... I mean, if it's like $5 or less, I'll do it, but other than that. It is kind of nice because all these ones are usually pretty damn cheap. Yeah, I mean, I I think the most I spent on any of these was maybe $7. So it's really not Nothing. bad. Yeah, really not bad at all. And the cheapest I got was was Love Beach. I got that one for $2. <laughs> so not even worth $2, to be honest. It's got to be this. It's got to be worth two dollars. It's not good, man. It is. It is so like knowing what they're capable of and what they do, and then coming off of like, well, I haven't listened to Works Volume Two, but coming off of Works Volume One and everything prior to it, like it's just shocking. Like it's so boring. It's so cheesy. It's so bad. I'm so interested. I want to listen to it so bad. <sighs> just th- don't even buy it. Just listen to it on Spotify. It's not good, man. It's really gotta not get good. it. And the cover yeah. is like the worst cover ever. It's so stupid. Oh, it's so bad. They they're pretty bad at doing covers, like in general. No, but, but Tarkus yeah. was pretty cool. Tarkus is dumb. Tarkus I love Tarkus. Fucking stupid. That, we talked about. Uh, I talked about it last tank? week. It was Fucking so cool. Dumb. Fuck that. It was cool. That and brain salad surgery. Two great. Covers. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Brain salad surgery is a really cool cover. Really cool, like opening gatefold in the yeah. front. Trilogy's yeah. ugly. Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, just the fucking bird with like a skull kind that of. One's on it. Like that one's not bad. That one's kind of cool. Dumb. Oh. And then works. Like, come on, dude. That's like that. Well, works you, is like, like works looks like a compilation album. Well, it's it's not even. It's just like white or black, depending on which Stupid. one you buy. Stupid. No, but it, overall, they have some cool covers. Tarkus being probably the coolest cover. You think Tarkus is cooler than Tarkus? Brain surgery? Tarkus Fuck is cool. I like H.R. Geiger. He's. I mean, obviously, he was a great Maybe artist. Fucking eyeballs must have been broken or something. You saw that cover. <laughs> Tarkus is cool though. Fuck that. Fuck you. It's good. Okay, so um, keeping with the Prague, I got. I finally got another Mahavishnu record. Mahavishnu Orchestra record. I got Apocalypse. This is their third record. Came out in 1974. Um, this is the first album after the original lineup kind of like disbanded, 
and uh, so they got there's like a new drummer on it and everything like that and they also play with the London Symphony Orchestra on this one I was always kind of apprehensive about buying this one um, because the orchestra and I just that didn't really interest me and then I I didn't I didn't buy it for a long time and then I, when I got it I just it took me like two months to listen to it and I finally did it this week and I'm thinking like why the fuck did I not listen to it earlier it's fantastic it's so dramatic but in all the cool great ways and it's it's solid man if you i mean you got to get apocalypse again i know you got screwed over before like we talked about but yeah, that's kind of my fault that's so good i blame so myself good. well you know you learn now yeah so yeah i got apocalypse and now i just need well i bought so i've have everything now except for their two records in the 80s so the Mahavishnu record and then Adventures in Radio Land. Those are the two I don't have. But everything well, I read about those, what? There's also, because I, I just got you the other one too that I did with Santana. Oh, yeah. But that wasn't like a, that was like a collaboration album. Yeah. yeah. So I, like they, they have, because they have like three different eras of the band. They have the original lineup, then they have the second lineup, which I don't, they call it something. And then they have the final lineup in the 80s. And pretty much each lineup did two records. And everybody criticizes the second era because it's not as good as the first two records, but everything I've heard, at least on Apocalypse, sounds amazing. So I don't know what people are bitching about. But then reading more about the final era, the last two records, I just think like it's it sounds like it's more synthesizer and more like that eighties new wave and pop. So I'm very reluctant to to buy those. Very reluctant. Well, if you see him cheap, you might as well pick him up. Yeah, if I see him for like maybe two, three bucks, I'll pick him up. Because you were scared about the orchestra and look how it turned out. I know, out. I know, I know, I know. You, know, you, you never know. I know. Yeah, it's true. And then it, I was it so inspired the by the Apocalypse record that I bought the other one I don't have, which is Visions of the Emerald Beyond. I got that on Disc- Discogs, but I'm still waiting for the Postal Service to deliver that. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I got that. Mahavishnu's... Uh, Apocalypse, and then I also got moving into hip hop. The final part oh. of my my uh, my pickups this week, my vinyl stuffs. Uh, I've been in this like really crazy hip hop mood recently, and I picked up the first two Zarface records. The first one being Every Hero Needs a Villain, which I think was 2013, and then I picked up the second record, A Fistful of Peril, which was I think 2014, like a year later, I think, and. Um, I mean the album artwork, some of the coolest album artwork ever. It's so it's like that that comic book style, and it's just all very kind of um, themed and it's very bright. It's and the records sound great. I mean they they're not flat at all. They just sound super solid. And for hip hop, it was pretty. They were like twenty bucks each, not really expensive. So it's not bad at all. Yeah, I picked them up off Discogs, and they got delivered really quick. So. I thought it was fantastic and I'm I'm just like super deep into like underground hip hop. That's I've been listening to so much of it. So this is good stuff. I'm gonna pick up more from Zarface and some other groups and artists as well. So that's good. I mean they're like a super group, so yeah. it's like obviously they're going to be good. Yeah, exactly. Can't go bad. Yeah, I, I mean I wasn't expect I mean, I listened to a little bit on Spotify before I, I took the plunge and bought two records for brand new. And I mean, I really liked what I heard on Spotify, so I'm I'm not disappointed at all. And like I said, the artwork itself is just so cool. So got those. And then the last one here, pick this one up from Glasshouse Records uh, on Pomona. 
and they, they do this thing every day. They, they do like these flash sales at six o'clock every day on Instagram. And, uh, and you gotta be quick with this stuff. You gotta buy it yeah, really seriously. quick. Shit goes fucking fast. Like so like one minute it's gone. No, within like fucking five seconds it's gone. So, and so I got this one a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, Will Smith, you know? I picked up the the debut record, uh, the Rock the House. This came out in 1987. Uh, this one just kind of put them on the map or put Will Smith on the map, really, and led to his career and acting and, and all that good stuff. And this record is so much fun. Have you ever heard this one? No. It's. Mm. Did you like this song, at least? Because this yeah, is my, this is mean, my this pick is, of the week. Late 80s hip-hop is very difficult to kind of fuck up. It's It's pretty much, like, all good. It's all... It's it's all like the the foundations of what we love, in like gangster rap and what we love in late '90s hip hop and then what we love in like the conscious stuff. It's like this is it, and it's crazy that this is their first album. They came out this hard. <laughs> I know, right? Like it's unbelievable that they can write something this good, and they can tell this type of story. Because we all know like Will Smith and his rapping stuff as the Fresh Prince song, and how great that song is. Because mm-hmm. he, he's but like. He's a great storyteller in his music. It's, it's crazy good. But to do it like on your first your first time, yeah, yeah, like, I what know. The fuck, How is I, that even, that's not even fair. I was debating on doing the song that I'm gonna play, and then there's a beatboxing song like right after it that's also really good. But I couldn't figure out which one I wanted to play. But I finally chose this one. But did you listen to the entire record? No, because I'm gonna pick this one up. So oh, you are okay. Well, here's a here's just one of those. This was a this is kind of a hit. So here's just one of those days from DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. What you wake up on the wrong side of the bed? I know those girls ain't messing with you again. Ah uh, man, it's not the girls, it's me, man. I know it's, I thought it was the girls before. It's not the girls, it's me. What is it, man? Have you ever in your life experienced a day where nothing at all seems to go your way? No matter how hard you try to get out of the rut, you just could not break the string of bad luck. A day where Murphy's Law takes over your life, and you just can't seem to do a darn thing right. And when the day was over, you just had to say, you said, man, it's just one of those days. Cool. I brushed my teeth, I combed my hair, I got dressed and went to school. I stopped at the store for a breakfast snack, a tasty cake and orange juice and a bubble yum pack. About that point, I proceeded to class. I spoke to all the pretty girls that I passed. I went to my room, which was on the first floor. I had no idea what I was in for. I sat at my desk, minding my own business. Someone knocked on the door, the teacher said, who is it? This girl walked in, my imagination ran wild. She stole my heart just by the way that she smiled. Couldn't resist, so I grabbed her belt. She said, what's wrong with you, fool? Are you some kind of nut? The teacher turned around while my arm was extended. She looked me in the face and said, Prince, you're suspended. I said, you're tripping. It's just a bad habit. She put it in my face. She must have wanted me to grab it. I pleaded my case while she wrote the pink slip, and then I just shook my head. I said, I don't believe this. She sent me to the head of the discipline staff. I tried to play it off, so I started to laugh. I said, ha this story is great. It's a big misunderstanding. All right, there's uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and Will Smith and the Fresh Prince. And the song, Just One of Those Days. So good, man. Such a, such a fun story and 
the rhyming it's so good it's so good i love this era of hip-hop so much because his voice is so like, <laughs> iconic too it's so goofy but still kind of commanding and yeah that, that's that's a good way of putting it like he still has that commanding way of talking that keeps you interested in wanting more in a way it's it's so good you got to pick the, if like you if, ever find it you got to pick it up he's like if chuck d was funny yeah that's what that's what it would be like <laughs> or chuck d had a sense of humor at all you know <laughs> but ah oh man that's good and i mean i know like eminem has criticized him for like not cussing and whatever or in in any of his in in any of his music but i mean who gives a fuck man it's damn man it's so good he's so good at it and dj jazzy jeff like what an underrated dj and musician and producer he is he has some real i mean when you listen to the record you'll like understand what i'm saying like there's some really cool stuff on here i don't know yeah i mean besides just just popular songs i don't i don't know too much about his djing style or production and stuff it's pretty sick and i mean eventually i'm gonna i'm gonna want to do this album on the pod so we'll get more into that sometime in the future but and then you're gonna be forced to buy it so there I mean, it's only like i mean the, the cheapest i saw on discog was like 10 bucks yeah but it's a little worn and stuff so i don't know yeah mine, i definitely will pick it up though mine was i got mine 12 for 12 on glass house and it's Almost, it's like it almost seems like it's a near mint condition because, and this is like a pressing from '88. Yeah, it was this pressing was from '88, and it no scratches, no nothing on it, and it's even in the original shrink wrap with an original sticker from 1988 on that shrink wrap, and then they just you know cut the original shrink wrap so you can get the record in and out, so everything is like in pristine condition on it. So do you do you keep that shrink wrap on or do you take it off? I kept it on and then I put my own uh plastic jacket over that. Do you, do you always keep it on the shrink wrap? Uh most of the time unless it's just like too much of a pain in the ass to keep on, then I'll take it if off. There, if there wasn't a sticker on it, would you take it off? Mm, probably not. <laughs> it just depends on like how fucked up and worn the original saran wrap is or the plastic is, then I'll take it off. But it's still in like the original plastic is still in pretty good pretty good condition considering it's over 30 years old. So That's crazy. Yeah. So I got steps. that one. And um, so that's it for vinyls, right? You got anything else to say? Nope. That's it. Okay. Okay. So we're done with our vinyls. Let's move on to some new music that's come out this week. Uh, it's still kind of slow because of everything going on in the world. And then January is usually pretty slow anyway. So the first thing we have here is Foo Fighters. They put out a new song called No Son of Mine. Uh, their new record comes out February 5th, I think. So um, what do you think of this one? Well, I mean, while it's not enough to get me to buy their album, I did like the song actually quite a bit. It was pretty good, right? This was very like rock and roll and it was just <laughs> loud and it was aggressive and like it was solid. I was so surprised and it has some really good harms in it too and it's good. It was surprisingly very good. So I want to play a little bit of it because why not? So here's uh, here's No Son of Mine from Foo Fighters. No son of mine will ever do The work of villains, the will of fools If you believe it, it must be true no 
There's a bit of uh, Foo Fighters and their song, No Son of Mine. That was solid stuff, man. I was so surprised. That was so good. I was <laughs> I was very surprised, too. I thought for sure this was going to be another boring Foo Fighters song. <laughs> I was so taken aback. I was, like, smiling when I was listening to it because it's really good. <laughs> it's yeah, so good. dumb. Uh, okay, so now I'm definitely interested in listening to the full length. So there you go. Uh, the other new song came from Good Charlotte. The song is called Last December. Do you want me to play this one? No. Yeah, this one sucks, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not very good. I don't know why we even talk about Good Charlotte because we don't really like anything they've done in the last almost 20 years. So <sighs> it's like anti-flag, you know? Why do I put anti-flag on here? Yeah, but, I don't I don't know. Or <laughs> there's a couple other ones you do too, like Soil Work, I think. Taproot. But, but like that Soil Work stuff. record Corn. that came out that soil work record that came out like a month ago was actually really good. Oh yeah. So you didn't even listen to it. You don't even know. I can't even it. spell soil work. I've been on vinyls. Can't even spell it. All right. Well, that's it for some new music. Uh, let's get into some happenings in the music world. If you haven't heard, uh, Alexi Leho, Leho, the frontman singer, guitar player for Children of Bodom, he passed away. He was, I think, mid forties, like forty four or something like that. They haven't yeah. released how he died, but. Um, yeah, that sucks. He was, I mean, Children of Bodom. I'm not, re- I'm not a huge fan of theirs, but I mean, I, they're good. They're really good. But yeah, they got some banger songs. I mean, I don't follow them closely. I know Downfall is is a fucking banger of a song. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. It sucks. They, they've so been around young, for man. so long, and they've been around like since what the mid '90s. Yeah, they put out a lot of material. They toured a fuck ton. Yeah. And, a, and like this band, just a band like this coming out of Finland and then just kind of being as popular as they are all throughout the world is pretty crazy, especially here in the States for this style of music. It's pretty nuts. 
but they're like nobody has ever nobody really says has anything bad to say about this band it's a it's a big loss for uh, the music community and metal music in general but yeah yeah there you go alexi La- i don't even know how to pronounce the Leho? Last name. i don't know leho leho uh and then another one su- uh, surprised a lot of people was mf doom with the rapper hip uh the rapper mm. mf doom passed away he was 49 but they announced this on new year's eve that he had actually died on halloween so yeah. i why they waited two months is very strange but they did to announce his death and he was 49 i don't think they, they released how he died either but i don't think so yet now yeah so um, but his i will say his vinyl you know went up quite a bit in price on all of the third-party sites of course and then another theory is going around is that they're because they're repressing they're repressing a bunch of his records in february and i bought one of the represses already and uh and people are saying that this is all like something done by his estate or his family to 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 not announce it until now and then start the repressing process like two months ago and then announce it now so there's more of a an urgency to get his re- the repressed records. Yeah, well, sense, you, you have to because dude, these scalpers like it's outrageous. Like three hundred bucks. Yeah, some of these albums are only worth like thirty bucks average, and then all of a sudden yeah. now they're like three fifty, four hundred dollars. It's nuts. I mean, he's he's, a, he's really good and he's great, but not that great. <laughs> not three hundred fifty dollars. No, no, nobody, no vinyl is worth that. Not even Mars Volta. No, no. No, 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 no. Especially so yeah, He passed away. Um, and then Dr. Dre, I mean, everyone knows who Dr. Dre is. He uh, he had a brain aneurysm. That usually spells death. Like, that's not something people really come back from, but apparently he he has, and he's doing well. Still in the hospital, but he's doing well. And that's crazy to me. Like, people just don't come back from that. Bruce Lee died from this when he was like 37, 38 years old. Like this, this kills anybody. Like there's, it's crazy. I know somebody who died from a brain aneurysm. We went to high school with her. She died when she, when we were like 23, 22, 23 years old or something like that. Yeah. So, he wasn't even that old either. So no, not at all. So, but yeah, he, he's, he's alive and well. And, um, another instance where his records have skyrocketed. So have they, I haven't even looked that one up. Yeah, God, they have. Annoying. And it's weird because the like the glass house thing I was we were talking about earlier how they do that the the flash sale at six o'clock yeah they I I sh- I kind of regret not buying it now but they had the chronic up for twenty five and I kind of wish I would have bought it but whatever oh you can find that anywhere well I, I know yeah, maybe not now well but. maybe not now but yeah so the glass house was selling it but I ended up buying something else off of that today so while we were potting actually <laughs> uh. So yeah, there you go, Doctor J. He's doing he's doing well now. So good, good on him. Uh, AFI, AFI, my boys in AFI, they're finally teasing their new music, even though they were supposed to put out their album last year. Uh, but yeah, they just said it's coming very soon. You guys are getting a record, and so they're teasing it, and I'm excited because I love me some AFI. I'm gonna buy the vinyls, so stay tuned for that. We'll talk about that. You gonna buy it no and, matter what? Yeah, I'm just gonna buy it. <laughs> fuck it fuck it i like you know what okay. i like the blood album i like the blood album no, you didn't. No, we yes didn't. i did and i just bought a new uh, i just bought another afi record this week anyway so 
and I'm not going to tell you what it is until I get it. So, um, what do we have left? We have the last thing here is Ticketmaster. They're very shysty, and um, it's just, they're just beyond shysty. Like I can't believe that they would. What, what did they do, Jeff? I don't know. I, f- I wrote this like a week ago. I forgot what it was. They, oh they like hire somebody to. Oh, they, they hired hire- like a competitor's ex employee and then asked them for their passwords and stuff and then went into their something and stole yeah they went something. into their their databases and stole information and they they revealed like all of the the logistics and statistics yeah. of this this other competitor this their competitor and they used it against them and then i think they eventually bought him out because they like pretty much ran him out of business and it's just disgusting like ticketmaster is just so gross corporate espionage baby like, this is just so uh, it's just, it's unbelievable that they get away with it. Yeah, I, just I think can't of like how it. long they've been doing things like this, right? For decades. Yeah. That's all we know it's, about. Mm. It's insane. Tip of the it's iceberg. Absolutely insane. Ticketmaster is the worst, but you can't do anything about it because they own so much. You know, uh, it's yeah. it's astonishing. But like you said, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Just don't go to those big fucking shows. Buy from the venue. But even the but a lot of those small venues are contracted through Ticketmaster or they're owned by Ticketmaster, so you can't even really get around it. And even if you just go to the venue too, I mean, you're looking people buy all the tickets and scalp them anyway. Yeah, fucking pirates. God, I hate pirates. pirates. Fucking hate the pirates. It's true. Not not the baseball team, but people who scalp. I hate those you pirates. Like, you like the the pirates baseball team? Yeah. Why not? Why not? You know? They're lame. No, they're not. They have a cool. They have cool, like, cool color scheme, cool jerseys. I guess. Cool name too. So, there you go. Um, yeah, that, that's all I got for this this part. You got anything else to say? No, that's it. <laughs> okay, well, stay tuned for the main episode where we get into the against me record. Uh, wait, fuck, uh, a former I clarity. Called, uh, a former <laughs> employee. Searching for a former clarity. That's what we're doing, and we're also going to rank all their albums. So. Stay tuned for that. Get into that. And that's it. That's all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.